Hello and welcome to the Dad's Sort of Coping Podcast. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the 10 hardest things about being a dad. Uh, It's primarily aimed at new dads and maybe up until three or the kid is about three or four years old. So yeah, 10 hardest things. Here we go. Number one is work-life balance. So I'm sure uh, if you aren't a parent, work-life balance is this constant challenge. Uh, you know, juggling time between your career, your friends, your family, your missus, uh, staying fit and healthy, going out on the piss, all those type of things. Uh, trying to find, like, I guess, the optimal week, what that looks like uh, without any distractions getting in there. Uh, when you're a parent, especially when you're a dad, this bit becomes really, really difficult. So generally, not always, but generally, uh, the dad is is the main breadwinner. uh, And so you will be very much stressed out, busy, having high expectations uh, at work. And then you come home from work and then you're expected to be super dad, kind of ASAP. Your wife might have been at home with the kid, especially in the early weeks and months. Your wife would likely have taken a long maternity leave and you walk in the door from a busy day at work and get handed a kid and you think, fucking hell. Uh, You feel like you've been pulled in all different directions and you don't necessarily have have a moment to chill. Um, And the reality is before you have a kid, uh, you have your job which, you know, obviously you're probably ambitious and diligent at work. But if you're not at work, everything else is free time. Potentially a few little responsibilities. You need to take the dog out for a piss. You need to clean your house. Uh, But generally you don't have too many responsibilities outside of work. Whereas as soon as you have a kid, as you might imagine, you have responsibilities in the workplace and the whole rest of your life is full of responsibility as well. And so you're constantly trying to juggle this, uh, you know, I guess juggle all the responsibilities to find the perfect balance. Um, And you have very, very little chill time, which can feel incredibly stressful until you get used to it. Next up is somewhat related to number one, and I think this is pressure. So number two is the amount of pressure you feel. And I think as a dad, and I'm sure it's probably the same for mums as well, you find yourself juggling a lot of very different roles. So first off, you want to be a brilliant dad. Then you want to be a brilliant husband. You want to be a great colleague, a good friend uh, you know, to your mates. You could be a brother or a sister. You're trying to be a teacher to your kid, a mentor to your kid. Sometimes you're a policeman to your kid. You want to inspire your kids. You want to not only have, you know, a good relationship with your wife, but you also want to have moments for sex and, and romance. And generally with all these roles and hats and things you're juggling around, you know, as a dad, you're not really supposed to complain. Don't get me wrong. I regularly complain to my wife and moan that I'm having a tough time. But I think if you're to be, you know, a great dad, a great man as well, there is, there is a sense, I think, of taking on the burden and not moaning and complaining too much. I think a lot of the people we look up to and the men we look up to, they handle all the stress and pressure with a plum. You never see them sweating or looking nervous or anxious. Um, and, you know, increasingly with mental health awareness, guys are expected to share their feelings. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with, with taking on challenges, uh, especially as a dad and trying to be that rock within a relationship uh, to a point, of course. Number three is 
touched upon it just then, the relationship with your wife. I think that can be quite difficult. Uh, how do you keep the spark alive? How do you keep the romance there? You know, great communication. Um, it's not only that you have way less free time than you used to to go on a date, cinema, restaurant, etc. It's that the free time you do have, you're generally not your best self. You're probably a bit tired, uh, both from lack of sleep, but also just the amount of shit you have to do in, in the average day. And so often when you do sit down together um, for that rare moment of peace, look into each other's eyes, you're probably thinking, oh God, I'm just, I, I want to go for a little rest now. I don't necessarily want to engage uh, in, in conversation right now. But of course, it's absolutely vital because those weeks of not being romantic lead to months, lead to years. And before you know it, you're in, you're in one of those relationships that, that we're all familiar with, where there's a couple who are in their 40s or 50s and they have kids and, and they're great parents, but there is nothing left of their love. They're not necessarily divorced, but they're not madly in love e either. They're kind of acting like strangers living in the same house. Um, so yes, number three is keeping the relationship with your wife alive, thriving, and very exciting. Number four is around discipline. Uh, what I mean by that is putting clear guidelines in place with your kid. Uh, discipline as well as giving them drive, you know, you want them to be ambitious, young, smart kids. How do you give them discipline and drive without being mean to them and being just this kind of bad boss or, or someone just always moaning, kind of the military figure, just shouting at them to clean their room, do this, do that, work harder. Um, and finding your own style to get them achieving without being an arsehole is quite difficult as well. And you'll find that you have to, you, you might have inherited traits from your parents, some good, some bad. And I think it's this constant work in progress of learning how to coach them and mentor them in, in the most positive way possible. You don't need to be their best friend. I think parents that try to be best friends with their kids, it's a very fine, fine line uh, between doing that and just enabling them to do whatever the fuck they want. But you also don't want to be this draconian person just screaming at them the whole time. So just finding that balance is quite tricky as well. And there'll be other episodes of this podcast where we talk about how to achieve that, uh, that mix. Number five is staying fit and healthy. Um, certainly pre-kids, uh, I took a lot of pride in feeling fit and healthy. So, you know, doing CrossFit, playing football, not getting injured too often, eating right, uh, you know, not, not necessarily being jacked, but certainly being lean, all that stuff. As soon as you have a kid, it's very difficult. It goes back to this uh, kind of work-life balance thing. Uh, you just don't have a lot of time. Um, and so, you know, it's you start potentially getting into bad habits, going to the gym a bit less than you used to uh, because you're feeling tired as well. You, you maybe have less energy to do those type of things. You don't go to the gym. You don't necessarily feel good about yourself. You might eat something shitty or you might grab a beer because you're a bit, I don't know, you're looking for a bit of excitement in your life, feel good again. Um, and then you get into this weird downward spiral where you're not necessarily going to the gym as often as you would like. You're not sleeping too great. You're maybe comfort eating or finding convenient convenience food. And before you know it, you spent two or three months living this shitty lifestyle. And it's really hard to get out of that. Now, the good thing is, sort of conversely, every healthy choice you make, it's not just the healthy choice in the moment. It creates this kind of ripple of healthier choices in the future. So if you do get up when your alarm goes 
uh, a horrific time to go to the gym, you might find yourself that day eating slightly healthier because you're feeling better about yourself and you're thinking, well, I've gone to the gym. I don't want to eat shit now and ruin it. And so as much as you can get into a downward spiral, there is an upward spiral that has kind of energy and momentum behind it as well. And so I think the key thing there is once you've settled into, I guess, month one of being a dad, you absolutely need to find that time for exercise and nutrition. And you may not be able to go seven days a week to the gym, but those four days a week you go, you will optimize your workout plan to get as much out of it as possible. You will find ways to meal prep. Um, so it's all about, you know, first take two to three weeks, maybe four weeks once you've had the kid to just acclimatize to, to what that's like. No one's going to be winning health awards in that first month. But from that point onwards, you have to, have to, have to optimize a healthy routine because it will fucking catch up with to you. It's sort of like the relationship thing we mentioned earlier and number three. Um, before you know it, that those months turn into to, to years, to decades, and then you're just this fat blob in their 60s, not feeling particularly good about themselves. And I don't need to lecture you on how healthy eating exercise has bigger benefits than just kind of the look of your body. Mental health clearly is a big part of that as well. Number six is finances. Um, as the dad, you will have this sort of inbuilt evolutionary, evolutionary thing of wanting to be the provider. And in 2019, 2020, this era we live in, being the provider is about going out, working, earning money and looking after finances. Um, up until the point you've had a kid, uh, you might have been pretty frugal with finances. You're thinking about saving a little bit. You're thinking about the next holiday. Um, so not necessarily blowing all your cash, but you are thinking about finances in respect of your own life. That's it. How do I set myself up for success short term and long term? But as soon as you have a kid, you have to take them into consideration. So it's about creating a situation uh, kind of immediate term where your life is going to be pretty stressful as a dad. So the last thing you want are finances being stressful too. So short term, you want a great financial setup that feels really easy um, and certainly enough disposable income uh, for all, all the costs that come with having a kid. But then long term, you're thinking about how do I set my child up for success? When they turn you know, 16 years old, 17 years old, can we, do we have money to buy them a car? When they go to uni, can I have enough money saved up to, to pay their bills? When they get to 30 and they get married or whatever it is, do we have enough money for the marriage? You get the idea. It goes on and on. Helping them with their first house, etc., etc. So finances go from being this sort of immediate myopic, how do I sort myself out, to I have a kid or multiple kids that I want to set up for success. Now, the good news is, you won't have to think about this too hard. You will want to do this for your kids. You don't have to turn off the selfish gene. Something in your head will just turn off and you'll stop being selfish as soon as you have the kid. But it definitely leads to a level of stress thinking about this other person in your life and how you're going to help them You know, be as financially free uh, and successful as possible. Uh, and then probably the second point related to that is if you are like me, um, my wife and I kind of fucked up and my wife for both of our kids did not have a day of maternity leave or sorry, maternity pay, I should say. Um, and so we went from two incomes to one income, which was mine. Uh, we didn't receive any benefits because my income was just over the threshold. I'm not saying that in a way of showing off. The threshold isn't particularly, it isn't incredibly high, let's say. Um, and so we had one income, 
instead of two. And just the way the pregnancies kind of were timed, just as my wife was thinking of working again, when um, our first son was two years old, she became pregnant on our second. And so it was almost (laughs) not worth her getting that job or it was hard for her to get the job because she was clearly pregnant at that point. Yes, finances. Everybody gets stressed about finances, but as a parent in your first few years, it will be stressful. Number seven is worrying. So I mentioned as a dad, you will have this inbuilt uh, sense of needing to be the provider. I also think there is this thing of being a protector. So it's going back to, let's say, caveman days where the dad or the multiple dads in the tribe are probably trying to fend off animals, dinosaurs, all that shit. I think humans and dinosaurs existed. Uh, Tweet me uh, if you find that that's incorrect. Uh, But I've seen it in films, so it's probably true. So yeah, dinosaurs would be at the door probably. And us men were pushing away the dinosaurs and the wives were feeding the kids and everything was happy. But we still have this thing inside of us, even though dinosaurs disappeared for some reason. Who knows why? Uh, And so yeah, you'll have this... want to protect your kids and that manifests as worrying and you will worry about your kids forever uh particularly from what i've heard if you have a female child a girl they're called uh so i have two boys and i have this sort of naive idea that if i can get the boys to 15 16 years old nah fuck it they'll look after themselves from that point uh get them a gym membership give them some creatine they'll be fine whereas i think if you're the dad of a girl you are likely going to worry about them until the day they're married and well beyond that as well. Um, And so number seven is worrying, low-level anxiety. Every single time your kid is not within eyesight of you, or not even closer than that, within grabbing distance of you, you're worried that something's going to fall on them, they're going to fall off something, someone's going to grab them, a car's going to run them over. Um, They're very accident-prone little things. Uh, particularly toddlers, they have all the mobility of an adult, sometimes faster than adults, uh, but none of the uh, inbuilt fear of danger. And so it's a really uh, stressful mix. So I'd say 18 months to sort of two and a half years old is nuts. You're just chasing your kid around the whole time. They're so excited. They want to get involved in everything, but no sense of danger. Number eight is constant decision making. So before you have a kid, clearly you have decisions to make. You have little ones every day. What am I going to eat? What am I going to watch on Netflix? And then you have big decisions to make, of course, like what university am I going to go to? Uh, What job do I want to have? Where do I want to live? Relationship decisions, et cetera, et cetera. So you're not, there's no absence of decisions before kids, but generally the decisions you make um, before being a parent they are decisions that are directly about your own life. And so, yes, they, they feel heavy and you have to think about them a lot and weigh up pros and cons. And there's not always a really clear right answer with some of these decisions you have to make. But as soon as you have a kid, all these decisions are going to ultimately impact the life of your kid. And it's quite, you know, obviously it's a very exciting thing to be able to mold and shape the life of a child. Um, you know, teach them all the things that you learn, help them avoid all the mistakes you made. Um, but also every single day you have these tiny decisions to make. And it's like Bandersnatch, uh, the Black Mirror kind of feature length film where it's not just decision A and B, depending on which of those you choose, um, only a matter of time before you're choosing again. So if you choose A, you're then moving down a certain path, you've taken the serial 
Then you're being asked, should I do the LSD? Should I not? Then the next decision is fighting the therapist or not, etc., etc. If you haven't seen Bandersnatch, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, which is fine. But the point being, it's endless decisions. And they are decisions that effectively change the course of your child's life in one direction or another. Um, And, you know, depending on how you handle those decisions, maybe it's a breeze, you don't worry about them too much. But for a lot of parents, there is this sense of constant decision making. Um, And also, it's this sort of switching of worlds when you're having those decisions, which take up a lot of mental energy. So at work, you probably have lots of decisions. Then in your relationship, you have decisions to make. And then personal life, and then finances, and then your child's life. And this sort of every single day decision making uh, operation feels quite tiring and heavy. And sometimes you just want to sit down and be like, fucking hell, I just want to not make it. Can someone just decide what the future looks like for me? Um, I think part of it as well is when you're a parent, you tend to be a little older. And so you tend to be making more serious decisions. It's not just the silly ones about, you know, which pair of underpants are you going to wear on the big night out? Um, They tend to be bigger life changing decisions. Number nine is the amount of confusing information that's out there. So the internet, of course, has meant that every single decision and every single topic, there are millions and millions of blogs, articles, reviews, opinion pieces. Um, That's sort of the beauty of the internet. You can get lost in rabbit holes, but also it's the worst thing about the internet. Um, And I think when it comes to something like parenting, um, something that we've been doing for millions of years and in theory should be pretty simple, there's a huge amount of information out there and it's not always all saying the same thing. So you have the ancient wisdom, which always feels like it rings true. But then you have modern developmental psychology, which shouldn't be ignored. So, you know, how your kid's brain and personality is going to change over the years. Then you have a lot of debates around the role of a man in society, what a dad should be, how they should behave, um, what type of role model they should should ultimately be. Should they be focused on career and money or should they be spending as much time with the kids as possible? Then you have the role of a woman in society. Should she be the sort of classic mother figure that spends a lot of time with the kids, um, sort of the homemaker, or should they be also out focusing on their career and then, you know, should you get childminders, should you get nannies, what type of nurseries, etc., etc., etc. So there's loads and loads of information out there. And as I said, it tends to conflict. Um, and hopefully this podcast is somewhat and somehow simplifying things. I don't want to add to the noise and the clutter. Um, because like I said, parenting should be fairly simple. We've been doing it for millions of years. And, you know, without being cheesy, it's about trying to be a nice person to your child. Uh, So of all the qualities you'd want in a partner are sort of the same things you um, should be to your child. Um, And probably the best analogy in my head um, is imagining the greatest teacher I ever had. So I would hope all of you listening um, have had a teacher that maybe stands out in your life or a sports coach. And I think a great parent and more specifically a great dad, I do think that the mum and dad should bring slightly different things to the table. I think that that's right. And they, they sort of make up for each other's failings, but they also have things that they generally will be better at. So I think when it comes to the role of a dad, I see it as being the greatest teacher or sports coach you ever had. And so the traits of that sort of person, they're calm, they're firm, they're very knowledgeable, they're fun, they're fair, 
Um, they allow you space to express yourself, put your own stamp on things. Uh, they pay attention to all, all the little details. Um, and they have this sense of extreme ownership. So they don't blame you when things are going wrong. They take that responsibility on themselves. So if your kid is acting up or your kid is you know, getting shit grades at school, it'd be very easy to start blaming the kid. But actually, I think a good parent and a good dad should have a look inwards and think, what could I have been doing differently? Because kind of as explained throughout this and, and through the other episodes as well, you as a parent, you're in a very privileged position where you can teach your child not just knowledge, but also the frameworks for success. And so to a point, if your kid isn't successful, maybe you just haven't done your job properly. Maybe you haven't been emotionally available Maybe you haven't listened to them enough. Maybe you haven't put the time in. Maybe you're always distracted and the kids are sort of a bit of a nuisance. You know what? If that's the case, maybe you shouldn't have had a kid. So I think the key thing is extreme ownership and thinking about yourself as being a brilliant teacher. Uh, And some version of that sort of framework or or sort of the model of, of the ideal person should lead to a happy, healthy. Number 10. Uh, This is my favorite one. This is facing yourself or facing your demons. And what I mean by that is we all tend to have some version of ourselves that we think we are or a kind of image we've created and identity. Um, So, you know, up until probably the age of 10 or 11 years old, you're very much in the moment. Um, I don't know if that's a, a brain development thing or whether that's just sort of the nature of kids, but they're just getting on with it. So for example, my three-year-old doesn't really have a sense of who he wants to be um, or how he'd like to be viewed by the world. He's just getting on with it. He's playing, he's having fun. And of course, he is a very distinct personality full of character that likes certain things, but he isn't taking one step back and being like, hmm, who am I as a person? How do I want the world to view me? Um, And I'd say up until, yeah, like 10 years old, kids are very much like that. And then you spend most of your teens forming this identity. Um, So I am a person who's into football. I'm a person who likes hip hop. I wear these type of clothes. I identify with these types of people. I don't identify with these other people. They are not like me. And you start to create, conjure up this person, it's almost like your your avatar. So that thing sits within your head and you're like, I am this avatar. This is, this is exactly who I am. Um, and clearly social media is an extension of that where people curate this sort of persona. Um, so you get the idea. We all like to think we're a certain type of person um, and you might even have values associated with that. So I am someone, um, for example, who likes to think he isn't motivated by money. Um, I'm someone who likes to think they're relatively unselfish, blah, blah, blah. And the key point is, as soon as you have a kid, it holds a mirror up to what you think you are and then shows you the actual reality of it. And there's a few reasons for that. Part of it is mentally uh, and stress-wise, When you first have a kid, you'll be pushed beyond your limit. Um, And so you start to really learn about yourself, how you cope in certain situations. When you don't have a lot of sleep, are you as nice a person as you thought you were? When you have no time to do what you want to do, are you as unselfish a person as you thought you were? When you have money problems or money has to go towards the child in a certain way, 
Do you start to be more motivated by money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So it starts to challenge a lot of the assumptions and almost like pivotal foundations of who you as a person are. Uh, The beauty of it is by going through this test, I think you shed a lot of the bullshit and the silly stuff that um, ultimately is associated with your ego. So even just the thought of I am an unselfish person is a little bit kind of ego filled in that you're basically thinking that you're a nice person or you're better than someone else. Um, And so it's a bit of a posture of superiority that comes through what you think is a good value um, or a virtue, let's say. And so, yeah, having a child will absolutely make you face yourself. It will test out your patience, your temper, the things you really value and the things you don't value. Um, And the good thing is, I would say 99% of the time, and we'll talk about this in the episode of 10 best things about being a dad, is it absolutely makes you a better person. Having a child will show up all the flaws in your character, which then you hopefully work on, and it will pop all the bullshit bubbles of things that you thought you were, whether you thought you were cool, this, that, and the other. So yes, it really will make you a better person, but that initial phase of facing yourself is very, very difficult. So that brings us to the end of the 10 hardest things. Um, So number one was work-life balance. Number two was dealing with the pressure. Number three is the relationship with your wife. Number four is how do you discipline your kids and give them drive without being a a mean bellend. Number five is staying fit and healthy. Number six is finances. Number seven is worrying, worrying, worrying. Number eight is constant decision-making. Number nine is all the confusing confusing information out there. Um, And number 10 is facing yourself, facing your demons, realizing that you're not as cool or as nice as you once thought you were when you had nothing to stress about. Um, As mentioned with number 10 there, um, the great thing is, like with most areas of life or most things that are hard and tough, overcoming these issues is absolutely possible. And not only that, It will give you a deep sense of achievement and it really will make you a better person, more rounded, more kind, more thoughtful. Um, So this has been me outlining the problems. But as I mentioned, I'm going to follow up in the coming weeks with solutions for each of these um, or at least ways to cope with them. You might not be able to solve it all, but you'll find ways to sort of mitigate the effect of it. Uh, If you found this episode helpful, subscribe, share it with someone that you think might need this or simply keep an eye out for the next installment. Thank you for tuning in. You're very much appreciated. And this was Dad's Sort of Coping.